0: Hello, welcome to this episode of the UK Sports Chat Podcast. I'm Joe Williams and in today's episode I am speaking with ultra runner Damian Hall. Damian's new book, In It For The Long Run, is due out on May 6th and this is his story of his Pennine Way record attempt in July of 2020. Damien used his record attempt to highlight environmental issues, his attempt was carbon negative, he used no plastics and he and his pacing runners collected litter as they went whilst also raising money for Greenpeace. Hope you enjoy this episode and enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you on uh, next week's episode of the podcast. Afternoon Damien. Hello, how are you doing? (laughs) I'm good, I'm good, how are you?
1: Pretty good, thanks.
0: Good, excellent. Well, thank, thanks for coming on the UK Run Chat podcast to chat to us. Very good of you. Well, pleasure to be invited. So, we're, as I've just said in the intro, we're talking all about your your new book, In It For The Long Run, which is due out at the beginning of May, I believe?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Yeah, May May the 6th. So, do you want to do you want to give us an uh, just an overview about the book? Tell us what it is and tell us about the
1: challenge. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a rubbish book. I'd recommend people don't don't buy it. Um, it's a load of self indulgent, disgustingly self indulgent um, nonsense about me and my running. Really, uh, yeah, not sure I can sum up any better than that. It's a load of nonsense. I've
0: I, I have I've been following some of your social media posts. Actually, you like to say that, don't you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I feel more comfortable, you know, if you criticise yourself before anyone else criticises you, then it's uh, I don't know somehow a bit easier. Or you, or you, yeah. <laughs> but it's it is kind of a horrible feeling. Well, it. it uh... No, I, I mean I was thrilled to to be given the um you know that a publisher approached me, um and said what I like to write about. I suppose primarily about FKTs and 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 records and long distance running and and i mean that seemed really exciting at the time but when you actually sort of hand it all over to the public it's quite um it's quite frightening actually because you you suddenly think oh did i describe that person fairly did i remember that bit accurately um do i just sound like a massive prat um so yeah quite quite a frightening time if i'm honest yeah this this isn't your first book is it you've written others uh it's my first kind of real book i suppose about me most of my other books are uh, guide books or you know which are just turn left turn right um look out for the bull in that field um yeah it's my first kind of i suppose proper book uh I've d- yeah i've done a couple of oh i've done one or two i've done like one running book i think but it was almost like a yeah little anecdotes and snippets it was nothing personal um so to speak um yeah so by the way when i said earlier on when i said worried i should sound like a prat that was the bit where you were meant to say oh no you don't sound like a prat but (laughs) you know it's 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 too late now (laughs) i missed it sorry (laughs) (laughs) i'll probably never forgive you
0: i'm 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 interested in how how you've responded to that because you've because you write you 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 write don't you you write for papers and runner's world and and all the rest of it so it's interesting to hear how, how um how you've responded to that question but i i and i understand this because it's writing about you but um what have you, did you find it did you find it very different then and and, and difficult to write about yourself
1: um i suppose yes and, yes and no um yeah i mean i've been, i've been a journalist i hardly do any journalism now i'm i'm too busy coaching people but um i've been a journalist for sort of 20 odd years but i guess that was always that feeling that you know even if you didn't do your best bit of work and it goes into a magazine or you or you make a slight mistake um you know it's only around for a month and and everyone's forgotten about it soon enough and a book feels a bit more permanent um but yeah that was helpful because you know some races or experiences i'd had i don't know five eight nine ten years ago i did have some sort of you know i had it kind of written down somewhere um to refer to so so that that was helpful in that respect um Cause I guess I've only been running really sort of arguably eight, nine, 10 years. Um, so, but yeah, that was good. It was good to have those to refer to. Um, yeah, yeah. So the so, so I'll,
0: I'll, I'll let everyone know what the challenge was then. So you, you were, um, you took on to run an FKT of the, uh, the Pennine way to all 268 miles of it. Um, and the fastest time well the, the time actually got broke didn't it just before just before you ran it um but it stood for a long time, hadn't it? I think it was the late eighties was it
1: yeah, so so Mike Hartley had set a record who who was a an absolute legend of long distance running um he'd set a record thirty thirty two years ago now um uh so last summer it stood for 31 years and both myself and um another runner called john kelly who's an american but living over here in the neighboring county to me um and and who i consider a friend we were both planning to have a go at it he originally he was anyway i only started planning to have a go when when races were cancelled but it had been on my radar for quite a few years um yeah. especially as i'd walked the pennine way myself um and Yeah, we ended up going within, well, he he, he went first, broke the record that stood for 31 years. And I went, um, well, eight days later, I broke his record, which feels a bit mean um, (laughs) uh, on reflection. So I I did feel quite bad about that. You know, you break a record that stood 31 years and you only got to say that for a week, um, really. But he was, you know, he was very gracious about it. He was there at the finish line to congratulate me and so on. And and he's going to go again this year. So it it could be an on-running saga.
0: Yeah. I did wonder when I saw that, I thought, I wonder if they're mates and if you just thought "Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to
1: gazump in me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been asked that a lot. And, and actually we, we both went live on um, BBC TV a few days afterwards in the morning, you know, morning television. And, and they were, yeah, they were kind of painting me out to be the baddie. Um, you know, what sort of a friend of I who comes along a few days later, but we've both known for months that each other, in fact, for a long time, I, I was going to be going first Um and it was, well, it's a long, long, complicated story, but he, he had a more complicated summer and wanted to go sooner. Um, so he ended up going first. So it could have been either way. Um, and yeah, I think I think we'll see. Yeah, he's going to have another go. So we will see what happens.
0: Yeah. So just so just for listeners to, to um, give them the figures, you ran in 61 hours, 35 minutes. I've got that right. Probably. I, I don't I don't always remember the numbers. That sounds about right yeah so and um john had done it in 64 or something just just before you so it's it's quite it's quite a big difference you you beat it by wasn't it
1: it was uh it was 3 hours in the end yeah. um, but john um he did suffer a lot more than me in terms of like he had some really bad tummy issues our friends at summit fever media have made a made a film um called totally fkt um which yeah, they they videoed both of us, um, and it's basically the film is just a long gurning competition. Both me and John pulling, pained expressions, but he definitely had a worse time than me. He had, he was going really strongly and then got really bad tummy issues that that hampered him for, you know, over half of his run. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I'm sure he could run a better time than that. Hopefully, hopefully not too much better.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, well, we'll find out. It's it, it's really we we had Ali Ali Bevan on. Uh, oh, a yeah. few months back because he he's also written a book about about a lot of the fkt's last year this last 12 months really been the year for it which i suppose has been driven by by lockdown did did that affect you deciding to when you were going to do this or was it already planned in for for the last year
1: um yeah when i was going to do utmb again but when i realized that wasn't going to happen um i started thinking about about some record attempts um in the end yeah in the end last year like a lot of people did did no races but i did yeah three record attempts one of them i planned to do anyway but the other two came in when yeah when there were no races uh and i think that um that happened for quite a lot of people that like, although if you had ali bevan on yeah he, he may have mentioned like donnie campbell's monroe incredible monroe run where where he was planning to do that anyway um so I, i'd say a lot of these fkts and records happened because of the lockdown but not not all of them and i think um in fact, just this last weekend I was helping a friend on a on a on a new record on the Paddy Buckley round and from what I hear, May is gonna be kind of crazy actually. There are lots of people going for big records again, so it's all gonna get very exciting again.
0: Yeah, yeah, very good. So you you ran the the Pennine way, so the spine race is usually south to north, isn't it? It's England to Scotland. But when when you did this you ran did, have I got that right? You ran Scotland down to England, is that right?
1: yeah um there are a few reasons for that i mean partly i've done the spine race twice and and i've hiked the pennon way that direction and i sort of just didn't want to get too bored of it by doing it a fourth time in the same direction um but also i just noticed that the previous record holder mike hartley he had gone south so I, i phoned him up and asked him why um and there are a few reasons but i mean one is simply that emotional thing of running towards home which can be quite powerful when when it all gets a bit difficult um Mm-hmm. But also, there's a section right in the north um called the called the Cheviots, and it's very difficult to get road access there access, so you're probably about six seven eight hours without any road support up there so to me, it made a lot more sense to get that done earlier when you don't need so much support rather than finish up and it's quite and it's one of the lumpiest bits of the whole the whole route as well so to me, it made a lot of sense to get that done earlier um The disadvantage with going south is if the weather picks up, it's coming right in your face. So that there's that to factor in, and John actually went the opposite direction. He went went north, Um, but I think this time he's going to go south. Um, So yeah, we'll see if it works out better for him this time. Yeah.
0: How how do you go about preparing for a challenge like that? Because obviously you're you're a professional ultra runner, but what what changes compared to your normal training regime, if you like, when you're going for something like that?
1: Well, um, to be honest, it's not. It's not maybe as different as 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 people might think. Um, most of the time, I'm targeting uh, running economy, um, and that that would look really fairly similar to a marathon training. Um, uh, well, in fact, actually, I, I I usually do one one big workout a week, um, uh, a long run a week, but but quite a lot of the time, it's not a monstrous long run. It might be sixteen miles um lots of strides um strength work um but then when you get close to a challenge i switch into a you know specific mode and that's where the long runs become more important and there are back-to-back long runs there not loads and loads but but yeah I i think at one point i would have done 25 and then 20 the next day and then maybe 14 the next day with some hill strides in it that would have been the peak of my training um and yeah i mean ideally you run on the same terrain you know either exactly the same or as similar as possible as your challenge that's coming up, but but really the training only changes about maybe uh, six weeks out. Um, before then, it's um, yeah, you, you're trying to improve your economy, which is um, a lot of that is to do with speed and easy volume, I suppose. Yeah,
0: and I, I I did have a look at that video you mentioned a moment ago as well. Um, you you had a lot of well, you have to have a lot of support, don't you? Across that, how many people do you, did you have involved with you across the?
1: oh I, I forget exactly in the end it, it did um yeah I felt incredibly grateful i would never tried to do that before sort of arrange a team to help me but I, I knew that if I wanted to compete with Mike Hartley's record that you know that's the style he did it in of having ideally two people running with you um at all times and one is carrying your kit for you whether that's a bit of you know some some clothing but more importantly food and drink um and then ideally someone's just ahead of you, you know, navigating. I mean, I knew the route pretty well, but it does help. Someone's just ahead of you. You don't have to think about it too much. They're opening, opening gates. I think, oh, I've forgotten how many gates there are, but I calculated that if um, if, if, you slow down, I think, 10 seconds for a gate, Yeah. Um, there were enough gates that you could save maybe 40, over 40 minutes if they were open for you. Wow. So, I mean, that's huge, actually. Yeah. Um, and, of course, yeah, John broke the record by 30 minutes. So, um so yeah having people helping you like that sounds a bit lazy but you know it does make a huge difference and if that's what the people who had the record before me did then then i'd try and copy it to try and match them um yeah. and then you yeah you have a road crew as well i'm very grateful for for them nikki nikki tim and mark um and they're going you know they're going without sleep for two nights just like you they're they're getting ahead of you trying to meet you in in reasonably remote villages and and i don't know make sure the van's fueled make sure you're getting all the food and, and liquid you need so it's a pretty stressful job actually and they had i don't know they had a, a, tire, a burst tire there was a head injury at one point um they had they had quite the uh quite the exciting time exactly. uh, oh. <laughs> yeah and all, all i'm thinking about is just keep going forward keep going forward um they've got you know so much to think about um so yeah very grateful to have a team around me helping um yeah yeah and no, i obviously wouldn't have been nearly as quick without them
0: yeah, that's a a cool a cool role to play for you as a as a friend doing that with you. Really good. Um, mm-hmm. you, you had there were loads of people at the finish as well, wasn't there? there was a crew of supporters and, and runners
1: as well cheering you in. Yeah, I felt really moved actually because this is this is sort of mid late July um we're only just coming out of lockdown really at the time so I really wasn't expecting any sort of crowd or anything um but just in the last I'd say in the last few hours that last afternoon um both friends and people I didn't know were sort of turning up on the trail and and cheering me in and and, um and so on and then when I got down into Edale um the the official start and finish of the Pennine Way I mean in my head at least there were sort of 30 40 maybe even 50 people there which was just mind-blowing I was just yeah, really, really moved. um That was a really special, really special day, actually. Yeah,
0: yeah. It looked, it looked, it looked fantastic. Looks. I had a look at the video. Um, I, can you. How do you describe the mental journey you go through on a challenge like that? Because do you you were quite descriptive with it in the video. It was um, yeah. I, I describe. Ah.
1: You it <laughs> <it>? <laughs> well, you sort of. I mean, you go through everything, really. Um, um. I mean, yeah. Try not to see. Try not to use those cliches of sort of. You know, I mean, it is like a roller coaster. Um, you know, one minute you're someone does something kind for you, or you see a familiar face, and you're you know happy as anything, and then the next minute it's a a crushing low, or you stub your toe and tumble over, and you're frustrated and embarrassed, and and the next minute you're fearful because you, you've lost some time, and um, then you're grateful again to someone, and and um, and then sometimes you just zone out because you're only half awake and you're just trudging along like a zombie so that is kind of why I enjoy these um adventures because you know they put you for everything a huge huge emotional adventure and I don't know it makes you it makes you feel alive really because you go through so many emotions that you wouldn't go through in a normal week um and it's quite addictive I think um you know you come out of it and you get sort of post expedition blues that sort of mountaineers and adventurers talk about you know obviously this is a smaller scale but you sort of miss it when it's gone you know you're sitting there and you can hardly walk and stuff and you could and you're having night sweats and um you know your body's half recognizable but you're already missing it and you already want the next one so it's um yeah it's quite an addictive quite an addictive world yeah I i i read that you um
0: you and your support team were picking up litter on your way, and I know that the, you know, the whole climate emergency is something that was important to you, and that you that you actually built into this challenge. Can you tell us a bit about that?
1: Yeah, um, well, first thing I should say, of course, is that you know, by doing this, I, I did encourage more more car journeys than than would have happened otherwise. Got to got to hold my hands up there, but I, I worked with a company called Our Carbon. Who audited me? My, well, my whole family, my lifestyle for last year, um, and we came up with a plan. You know, to to reduce our personal um, CO two e emissions, um, and then offset the ones we couldn't. We couldn't totally eradicate. So that made us sort of carbon negative for the year. And we we're, we're going to do the same again this year. Um, and yeah, I'm just really quite <laughs> stressed about how imminent. Um, uh, sort of climate emergency well we're, we're in a climate emergency now and and how how politicians aren't acting quickly enough and, and that that stresses me out quite a lot um you know you only have to check out the bbc website or the guardian website you can see plenty of stories about how we're behind targets and and so on um you know also I will, you, you know you'll, you'll get me off i'll go i'll go on for 10 minutes if you don't interrupt me but uh, you know it's really concerning um and I don't know. I I think there are broadly speaking, two things people can do, you know, there's the personal stuff or the political stuff. And I suppose I've ended up doing a bit of both, but that also, you know, having some values, I also did it without, you know, without fueling on any animal products and and without creating any plastic waste, which was actually the trickier one. And then we collected litter as, as I went, Um, I, I guess just to have a small environmental message with it gave it a lot more meaning for me. So when it was, when it got really difficult, that cliche of like know your why really came into my mind as sort of why was you know why was i doing this and i wouldn't think so much of i'm breaking up trying to break a record because ultimately that's a bit of a sort of selfish little little pastime but i was i was you know trying to i suppose spread or at least live by some some values and and that was quite powerful to me um and kept me going really um yeah yeah Yeah. it's
0: it's, um i mean it's it's something that's i mean we see it spoken about a lot on you know, on our social media channels. But how, how do we do more as, specifically within running and, and race organisers as well? If, if, I, if I give an example, if you, if you look at run Britain licensing for road races, say a half marathon, it's part of the licence to have three water stations and inevitably they're filled up with plastic water bottles. It It feels like, with everything we've been through the pandemic and covid secure guidelines now moving forward for races that is now the time that the running industry or the events industry specifically really do something about it and um so for example do runners become self-sufficient on road races and it's a lot more common in um trail and ultra races but is that something that could come in as part of licensing for example
1: yeah, no, that's a great question. It definitely upsets me, as it upsets lots of people. I think when you see sort of the road after a after a half marathon or, or marathon in a big city, it's just littered with plastic bottles, um, and and of course we hope they're going to be recycled, but often they're 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 not. Uh, they could be incinerated, or yeah, and um, that that is a that is a problem. Um, I mean, I've heard of some events they've got these kind of seaweed pouches haven't they that are biodegradable but i don't know for a small event you know that presumably they're a bit more costly um and you're right you know in a lot of trail races now they won't give you um you have to basically bring your own cup um and they'll you know they'll fill it up for you but that that i can see how that's more tricky in in road events although hopefully the seaweed option and similar options might become the norm um but ultimately uh probably in most cases how people depending on where the event is but but traveling to an event is probably going to be people's biggest uh carbon emissions um in most cases i mean i'm i suppose i'm speaking as someone who used to used to fly abroad quite a bit to to, to race um i obviously if a race is in in the same country usually you know getting a train there isn't isn't You know that that's pretty good for the you know comparatively that's that's pretty good for the environment but that throws up a really good question i think about events you know is the travel the emissions from travel to an event is that is that on the event or is that on the individual um so i'm sure some events could do better at sort of incentivizing travel by public transport and i've heard some that do they might give you a discount or 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 that sort of thing um so that that's going to be a way forward the other two well um The three outside of running, the three areas that that we're constantly told to look at are kind of your diet, your energy and your travel. Um so we've just covered off travel. Um energy is actually a really easy one to sort out. You can switch to a renewable energy supplier in just five minutes online either bulb or ecotricity um or pure planet you 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 might even save some money you can do that easily and then diet is maybe the more controversial one but i think everyone knows now yeah we've got to really we're going to be eating less less meat especially red meat and less dairy um and of course runners we we burn more calories so we're eating a bit more um than, than average people so so maybe maybe we've got to show more responsibility i don't know i don't want to be too preachy about it all um but yeah it's a huge complex subject and it's difficult to know uh, well yeah also in the running world sorry that the big one is is the clothing and the kit um yeah and and there's hopefully people have mostly heard now about sort of um trees not teas for example and rerun clothing who who both friends are both uh founded by friends of mine um and trees not teas do amazing things and give race organizers the option now of just really easily pick, when you sign up for a race you can ask for a tree instead of a t shirt because i think i think people should be allowed a t-shirt especially if it's your first half marathon or first marathon or whatever but but there are just so many t-shirts around now and and if they're nylon they take hundreds of years to biodegrade and if they're cotton they've used um usually it's it's, i think two and a half the same amount of drinking water as as we might one person might drink in two and a half years to make them and then often the t-shirt isn't isn't really wanted or or used anyway so that's um you know a bit of a well it's very wasteful um and that that could be something people are better at. Um, but I suppose, yeah, the bigger message is we're all over consuming. We're all probably buying too many, too much kit and too, too, too many pairs of shoes, but, um, it's just something to think about, I suppose, but, uh, yeah. don't want to get too gloomy. <laughs> no, no it's, it's not
0: preachy. It's, uh, you know, use the words preachy. It's not, it's, it's important. It's very, very important currently. Um, how much litter did you collect? I've I've interested you fell fill a car up, or what exactly?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, and I must say it was mostly my my brilliant support runners who who were collecting it for me. But uh, I'm pretty sure it was about eight about eight kilograms in the end. I think it was. Um and and what it was what you might expect that up on the moors up on the hills there wasn't very much at all but it was nearly always like near a village or near a town um that you'd find that you'd find a bit and it was the classic things um you know plastic bottles or, or cans or, or sandwich wrappers and so on um but yeah i suppose it was about what we'd expect it wasn't worse or better yeah. um but yeah, it's nice. It was, a, it was a sort of satisfying thing to do and then you and then you feel like you've I don't know, I've tried to carry on doing that whenever I remember. It's it's um I don't know, you get a little I don't know which chemical goes off when you do something good, but whether it's dopamine or one of them, yeah, but it's it's a nice feeling sometimes. You think oh, I went for a run and I collected a bit of litter and um, Yeah.
0: So what's uh, what's next for you? Is there any um other
1: FKTs on the horizon or There could be, yeah. yeah. Um yeah. Well, I, I st- um, I'll still keep the details to myself if you don't mind. But but late May, I'm aiming for something. Yeah, I've been um, targeting something quite similar to the Pennine Way, um, slightly shorter in distance. But the record has stood for thirty-one years again. Um, so I will, um, yeah, I'll I'll sort of reveal that nearer the time. But currently training for that. But I think May, especially, is going to be going to be quite crazy. I've heard of a few Pennine Way runs, but also uh, the Wainwrights in the Lake District. I've heard of, I think, four attempts on that, at least I've heard of. So um, it's going to be quite exciting, I think. Okay, Busy, I was- month. Busy month Busy to follow along.
0: Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, um, for everyone listening, yeah, May the 6th, in, in it for the long run, uh, comes out as Damien's story of his Pennine Way record attempt last July 2020 um damien where, where can everyone connect with you if they want to if you want them to? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um oh well i i think i'm probably fairly easy to find oh i'm I'm a tiktok guy you know i'm down with the kids um no uh probably instagram uh i think i'm i might be ultra demo i think with an underscore in between i think my name was gone um instagram i'm on strava and, and twitter and all of those i'm probably easy to find i'm probably quite annoying uh so i wouldn't i wouldn't again i wouldn't recommend anyone follows me
0: <laughs> all right damien cheers well thanks for coming on it's been good to chat and um best of luck with that with that um fkt in may i look forward to looking out for it thank you very much indeed cheers take care